Hey Central Michigan University, how are you? My name is Ben Solis. Hi, I'm Malachi Barrett. And we are the Raving Geeks. This is a uh, new podcast from Central Michigan Life where we talk about all things pop culture, focused mostly on nerds. Uh, I'm going to go through and let you guys know why we're qualified to even talk to you about this. My name is Ben Solis again. I'm the editor-in-chief of the newspaper. I have been reading comic books since I've been a small wee child and got really, really back into it once Dark Knight came out. Ever since then, that's about a good uh, 10 years, close to 10 years. I've been reading religiously uh, and have been very, very involved in the community online to find spoilers and other cool things about movies. Hi, I'm Malachi. I am the news editor here at CM Life currently. I am uh, crippled by my love of comic books uh, to the point where it stops me from doing uh, productive things like laundry and feeding myself. Uh, or, or copy editing. Or co- <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I've been reading for, uh, I guess... I don't know. I don't really know how long I've been reading comic books for, but uh, it's quite a sizable amount of time. I, I like to catch stuff uh, as it comes out online sometimes. I'm a bit of a cheap, uh, but, you know, why, why pay for it? It's safe to say that we're nerds, and we really don't care who knows it. Thus why we're doing this podcast. So yeah. you guys all know now. These are not pseudonyms. No, absolutely not. We are full on. So we're going to talk about a couple of different things, but the first order of business, which was the big news that broke over the weekend, happened uh, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, the new Marvel movie, the new Avengers 2 movie, the trailer leaked. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, a bunch of my friends had given it to me via uh, Google Drive, left and right kind of all black ops kind of stuff and uh simultaneously the weirdest thing as soon as that leaked uh, i don't know if you saw the uh, marvel twitter page they said uh damn you hydra (laughs) yeah so they decided that they were just gonna release it as is uh, a little bit before ahead of their schedule and so we all got a chance to look at it so well what's great too is that it wasn't a teaser it wasn't they weren't like screwing with us or anything this is the full-on trailer I was sitting in my room just, like, watching TV or something like that, and I got a text from my friend. He was like, hey, have you seen the new Avengers trailer? And I was like, Avengers trailer? <laughs> you know, like, my heart stopped. I kind of blacked out for a second. Yeah, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that it was going on. I knew that it was going to be leaked somehow. It was uh, supposed to be in front of the um, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. right? Right during the show? Yeah. And so when it did leak, I, I didn't believe it when uh, people started having screen caps and stuff like that. And within... God, hours. Marvel officially released it, and it was it was exciting. I'll have to say, um, we're going to talk about our thoughts and reactions. I, I'm not a big Marvel fan, uh, as many of my office mates know. DC all the way. I do enjoy the Marvel movies, uh, but this one in particular, I was looking forward to. So when I did see that trailer, haunting it was. I was I was really excited. How about you, Malika? Yeah, I'm kind of of the opposite mind. Uh, I like me some Batman, but that's about all I really kind of touch into DC. I'm pretty much more marvel focused. And uh what I think was cool about this is that they know how how uh, how much we would salivate at this trailer, you know? So the way that they released it wasn't like it wasn't like a storyboard thing. It was like shot after shot after shot after shot of like all these cool things. You're like, "Oh, holy shit. There's a Hulkbuster suit." Like, "Oh, oh, uh Captain America's shield's broken." Like all this stuff like just back to back to back, you Absolutely. know. And then finally they shove Ultron's face in your face. And, and the haunting voice of James Spader. I was really critical of that. He's got uh, like a growl to oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, really I, cool. I, I, a lot of people know James Spader now from his uh, short stint on The Office. He's also uh, the star of The Blacklist. Mm. Um, 
So, you know, people are getting their fair share of James Spader. I know him very much so from uh, back in the day. He's in a little movie called Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Uh, <laughs> where we're going to nerd out about that yeah. one day, too. Uh, but basically, it's a Jack Nicholson and James Spader's dueling werewolves. Wrap your mind around that one. That's really all that needs to be said. It really is that. all that needs to be said. But yeah. he was really kind of an evil SOB in that movie, too. So when I when they released that information, I kind of knew it was going to be cool. But hearing that voice. Yeah. Well, I was always skeptical. Because James Spader's like this pudgy little guy. You know, he's got a sure. weird Einstein hair. He's known for comedy, too, I remember him from The know? Office where he was just like this jerk the whole time like he wasn't intimidating so i was like okay his voice maybe i don't really see it but man uh, they had very very slight uh like robo synthetic that you can't really hear very often but yeah. like when he kind of goes into that like growl you know absolutely uh, yeah. it really comes out yeah and i think uh what the ramifications of all of this are kind of cool too i mean the, the what the movie's going to present is this like kind of loathing of tony stark you know mm-hmm. if for people who don't know much about age of ultron age of ultron is, is a comic book arc that they did a while back uh basically ultron was created by hank pym uh the first ant-man um and that's how the suit got created now this movie kind of changes that canon uh as people saw in iron man 3 there was one suit left uh that Iron Man, Tony Stark, did not get rid of, did not touch, and supposedly as this movie goes on, his suit is supposed to turn into Ultron. So it's kind of completely different from the regular canon, but what it kind of sets up is is this idea that Tony Stark is irresponsible, he's the cause for all of this, and people are not going to be very happy about this a uh, little bit. So. I like the way that this kind of really naturally fits into the character arc that Tony's had. Because he's really, I mean, let's be honest, he's the heart of this whole cinematic Oh, absolutely. Universe. He started the entire thing. Absolutely, yeah. So for him to go from a person who is in Congress basically saying, screw you, I'm not giving you my technology, and, um, you know, I'm going to use it, I'm going to privatize world security or something like that, <laughs> I think is what he said, to now he's at the point where uh, he's, Basically, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone, he's, like, stepped in and filled this role um, with the Avengers, and he's bankrolling them now. Uh, I believe that's kind of the premise of this movie, that he's bankrolling the Avengers, and he creates this technology as something to kind of maintain the peace. Gets a little out of his hands, you know, because he... Well, I mean, like in the last one, he wasn't in his suits very much. He's more remotely piloting things. So it's a logical progression for him to go from being in an Iron Man suit to being outside of it, controlling it remotely, to creating this AI that basically would be Iron Man for him, and it gets you know out of control. Absolutely, and I think the thing is, too, is that you can see the fatigue uh, throughout the, the arc of uh, Tony Stark. You know, he's finally got to a place where he's like, I don't have to be Iron Man anymore. I can do all of this other stuff and still make a difference. But it's going to bite him in the and it's going to bite him in the real, real quick in this movie. The interesting thing is, is that what this sets up is a uh, little thing we like to call Civil War. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, and that's where people think that this is headed. So for the second order of business on this podcast, we're going to talk about the possibility of actually seeing Civil War as a big part of the MCU. Uh, Civil War, uh, as for people who don't know, was an arc that was done, uh, I want to say, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and basically it set up this story that there was a massive accident with uh, some young superheroes. Uh, they went a little rogue and fought someone that they probably shouldn't have been fighting. And it killed a lot of people. And when we mean a lot of people, we mean a lot of people. It nuked a small town in Massachusetts, I think it was. It most was Connecticut. Of the peop- Connecticut. Stanford, right. Connecticut. Most yeah. of the people who died were children. It was this huge... Because the superhero group that was fighting these people were also part of a reality TV show, so it was all very, very public. Say no to reality TV, kids. Well, you know, Honey Boo Boo got canceled. Yeah, yeah, so, we're not going to get into that. Frankly. <laughs> the raving geeks will not ever, ever talk about no. Honey Boo Boo. Although it is akin to a nuclear explosion, that show is... Eesh. Anyways. Boom! 
So this, you know, brings a lot of criticism on the superhero community. And you just read, uh, you reread the series, so I'll let you kind of. I did. I, I actually, I, in, in preparation of this, I reread it. I remember when I was a uh, young boy, I went to a comic book shop with my dad and had this kind of geeky guy at the counter kind of explain <laughs> all this to me in one huge long sentence, and I was completely enthralled that whole entire time. And uh, so I had, I had the series on hard copy. I have a few of them left, but I downloaded it again just to kind of brush up. And yeah, so I mean, this this big accident happens in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, there's this kind of like arc leading up to it that's called the Road to Civil War, where you have all these old young, or old heroes, kind of talking about how they would deal with something like this. And Iron Man brings forward that there could be this legislation that causes all of these superheroes to demask, change their or show their uh, secret identities, and register with the government. Um, Obviously, Captain America, the uh, most patriotic of all the heroes, is not down with it because he stands for what the Constitution stands for, and that's uh, freedom of people um, and not a whole lot of regulation. That sounds like we're going into politics. <laughs> By the way, November 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's a very interesting arc because you, you literally see the entire Marvel Universe split in two. Uh, you know, families are broken up. The Fantastic Four breaks up over this. Uh, it's There's... It's completely crazy, and the biggest thing is that as cool as it was, no one ever really thought that they could ever adapt this into a movie. It's too large, it's too big, uh, and and it's and it's in the context of having this really huge, diverse Marvel universe. Oh, with absolutely! All these different heroes that have been acted for this, you know, certain amount of time, and we're it, talking about decades and decades and decades of Marvel heroes uh, hundreds and coming, hundreds to, of coming heroes, together yeah. yeah absolutely and you know as many people may know there's only a few that actually make the movies of these Marvel Studios movies that's the Avengers it's you know Iron Man all that whole crew you know you don't see those guys making Spider-Man movies or X-Men movies because those are owned owned by different properties um, and different um, subsidiary companies Fox yeah. Sony things like that Marvel is owned by Disney, so most of these movies are Disney movies. So the possibility that these could ever be together in one thing, I mean, you can't with the rights. The interesting thing is, though... Well, it's really a shame, yeah. too, because uh, Spider-Man is really kind of the heart of Civil War in this argument. Absolutely. Um, you know, Spider-Man is always kind of looked to as the person who always does the right thing mm -hmm. in the Marvel Universe. You know, he's kind of, he's got a very good uh, moral center. So you, it kind of begins, and I think in Road to Civil War, uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, is actually working for Tony Stark uh, as an advisor. Maybe he's working in his labs or something. And he goes to Congress and testifies with Tony when they're arguing about this, uh, this legislation that might be passed through. So you have him, Tony Stark, kind of vying for Spider-Man's say because he's got a lot of influence. Um, you know, he eventually gets him on his side, calls his favor, and then Captain America basically is trying to get him on his side, and he eventually does through a series of events anyways. But, I mean, that's a huge part of the narrative of Civil War. The whole thing hinges on Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to even, to even begin to think that they could do this without a big crossover is kind of rough. Um, you, heard, you heard about the crossovers things, though. There's rumors. There's rumors that Sony might kind of budge and give them, at least for one or two movies, the rights to Spider-Man. Um, At the end of the day, I mean, why wouldn't you if you're a businessman? Oh, you're you going to make a boatload of money off of that. And that's really what it's kind of about at the end of the day. You saw they rebooted the franchise because you're about to lose the rights. This is uh, this is not... This is uh, strictly these different franchises belonging to different companies is strictly because of you know financial reasons. Absolutely. I mean, and if you're thinking about like saving a franchise, well, that's one thing. But if you're talking about actually making dividends off of these movies, this is the most logical way to go. 
And, uh, you know, with the Spider-Man thing, I mean, why wouldn't you? Those movies are, are trailing. There's a big contingency of people who like those movies, Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Um, they're going to come up with number three. They're working on that. But let's be very honest, they're not the best movies in the world. No. They're kind of cheesy. They're popcorn fluff. And uh, this is one way to really make this big. I mean, this is when we say that this is a huge event, I mean, Marvel fans have been wanting to see this turn into a movie for almost a decade now. Um, so even just the taste of just having that in front of your face. Is it's like, such a cool idea, Oh, absolutely. Too. Execution aside, I mean, the idea that there's something like this that would make these big philosophical differences between, like, the major heroes in the universe yeah. And you already see so those. Cool. You already see those in the movie. I mean, oh, yeah. The dynamic between uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, I mean, they, always, they already don't like each other. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's cool, too, because... Uh, so right now there's no shield. Tony basically tries to create this Ultron and, you know... It's not going to go well. We can kind of tell that, right? Um, so obviously he's going to be shaken from this. It really makes sense that he would want to be the guy who would try to control the situation more, whereas you know Captain America would be of the opposite. He's seen how Shield has been infiltrated by Hydra. You know he would probably be on the opposite side of that. And I think it's really cool that Captain America is somebody who fights for the American values and not strictly the American government. I think that's a really cool idea too. Yeah. And there's also an element that Tony Stark feels guilty about all oh, this. Yeah. You know, Steve Rogers feels no guilt in any of this. He was made for this very sole reason of protecting America, protecting America's interests, and the people of America. Tony Stark is, you know, he's in many ways much more human than Steve Rogers is. Um, he's not as big of a big blue Boy Scout, um, so he's he's damaged. And there's there's gonna they're probably gonna work that into that as well. Um, but there are a lot of criticisms of this. I mean, don't get me wrong; like we're raving about this and ranting. Um, <laughs> We are the raving geeks. But there are a lot of criticisms of this, and I know Malachi has heard a lot of these, and, you know, there's some things that he has to say. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we've been talking about how it's all about how you're going to ad- adapt this to the current Marvel Universe, and there just aren't enough superheroes right now. Which is that, what we just talked about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and really, all of the heroes that we know of are, their secret identities are out already. Everybody knows that Tony Stark is Iron Man. Everybody basically knows who the Hulk is, I guess, right? I mean, aside from the other ones... Um, Thor is Thor, you know, there's not, I, Thor is Thor, and everyone's like, oh no, couldn't believe it, you know, I I mean, all these guys are pretty public already, so who's going to be the one who's going to be registered, you know what I mean, you're going to have to introduce some new characters. Yeah, and I mean, they kind of have, I mean, if you know that you watch all the trailers for Avengers 2, they're trying to bring Quicksilver involved in this, trying to bring Scarlet Witch into this, which are much more kind of like supernatural, fantastic characters. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of room to grow. And I, I did see, which was interesting, mm. if you look in the trailer, we're trying not to do spoilers, but this is not a spoiler-free show. We will talk about everything, oh, yeah, just so you guys know. Sorry. Oh, uh, it's okay. I'm not worried. Are you worried? <laughs> I didn't really mean that. I'm not sorry at all. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> never sorry. No, no shame. Never apologize. If you look in the trailer, there's an interesting part where Steve Rogers is traversing this kind of like desert terrain and this old temple uh that reminds me of wakanda which is the home of t'challa oh, yeah. which is black panther there is there is vibranium in this and there is vibranium Ultron. in this which is in africa so they're yeah. talking about doing a black panther movie what better way to introduce black panther it's kind of cool so we'll see we'll see if the hero thing kind of really messes this well up. and then there's the other part that was kind of my problem with the, the event comic was that it began very like you're supposed to choose a side and both sides are right and you know they do really do a good job of kind of being objective about who's right and who's wrong but then by like you know the second act of this thing tony stark is banishing uh these superheroes who won't register to the end zone which is like this uh total ripoff of the phantom zone by absolutely. the way absolutely that was Superman. the way i was going to describe total it I don't, know, I don't know if people understand that or not. Uh, anyway Mark it's, Miller, it's like a the worst. it's like a this split dimension really. basically you know 
and uh, he's enlisting the help of like these C D level villains to like rounded uh, the people who won't register and basically like hunting them down. Spider Man gets like beat to a pulp, which is the main reason that he goes to. Uh, help Captain America because he sees how shady this is all being. So really, one side becomes the right side after a little while. Um, and then that movie ends with the death of Captain America after he reveals his identity. And, uh, you know, we've already kind of talked about, just in the public sphere, after Cap uh, 2, Bucky's still out there, Winter Soldier's still out there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he does take on the Captain America mantle in the comic books. Yes, he does. Um, so that's plausible. You know, he can't... Uh, Mr. Evans can't play Cap forever, you know? No, he can't. And the interesting thing is, too, is that if you look at the comic books that are going on right now, Falcon is Captain America. Yeah. Falcon was in Captain America, too. Uh, so there's two very clear roads that they can go to that. But this brings up an interesting point, though, you know, both of us being kind of, I mean, you're more Marvel than I am, but yeah. which, what side would you be on, man? Well, okay. From what I've said, aside from, like, the vilifying thing um, with Tony Stark, I think I would be on that side, honestly. Um, it makes sense, especially from a responsibility standpoint of these people going around basically answering to no one, doing large amounts of damage every week. I mean, in every issue, New York's getting blown up somehow. You know what I mean? It's like the most common. Thing they need to, to be they need to be held accountable to a certain degree. Um, some of those more like street level villain or uh, heroes like uh, Luke Cage and uh, you know Iron Fist, Daredevil. Daredevil yeah, I think those guys. I don't really have a problem with that, but the guys who can like blow up. A city block absolutely need to be registered. Absolutely. Um, I disagree with you, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody knows me, I'm a diehard kind of patriot. <laughs> very about America. Uh, so I'm always kind of on the side of Captain America. And in fact, patriotism aside, Captain America has been the most compelling character in the Marvel Universe so far in the movies for me personally. Captain America 2 was brilliant. Um, I've always been kind of on the side of Captain America in this comic book because, you know, who... Who's to say that you know they'll not the government won't use these uh, these heroes to their own ends? Uh, yeah. You know they'll start fighting wars with them. Well, it becomes a superhuman arms race, which is a lot of what in the Ultimate Universe. I don't know how much you've tapped into that, but I'm I really like the Ultimate Marvel Universe, and a lot of that became the Ultimates, which is their version of the Avengers. Basically, is a government sanctioned team, and a lot of that is what they kind of deal with in the kind of, you know, post 9-11 adaptation of that. And it's, it comes back to the thing in Captain America too. You know, there's a conversation between Cap and and Nick Fury about, you know, this isn't justice. This isn't freedom. Um, when they're talking about these crazy helicarriers, um, and that kind of carries over into my thought on this, you know, like who says that this is a good thing? Um, who says that this is going to stop anything, uh, stop villains or stop anybody else? Uh, where do you draw the line? Uh, you know, we're dealing with real life issues of, you know, dealing with, you know, threats abroad like ISIS, you know, we've got the NSA scandals of our government watching us constantly. Um, you know, Captain America stands against all that kind of stuff because he's very much about protecting the core of the Constitution and people's freedom, people's right to be free. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely on the side of Cap. I just really want to see Spider-Man, like, high-five Captain America. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> Really Fly down on a web and just yeah. bump. Even if it's like for a minute, you know? absolutely. Hey guys, how's it going? And if just... they get if he gets the Iron Spider Man suit, I yeah. mean, he can actually fly. So you can get this like cool shot of Iron Man with Spider Man. I never really liked the him. design of that suit. Yeah, it's, I, it's it didn't, Tony Stark. It's, just it's like, maroon yeah. and gold, and you know how much I hate maroon and gold. Any well, I mean, those you colors know, is just ridiculous. Yeah, fire up Spider Man. <laughs> fire up Spider Man. Yeah, and so you know, as we close this out, it's very clear, and this is a complete. This could open itself to a whole new conversation we could talk about for which it might whole new. It might wink, tune wink. in. Hey, <laughs> who's winning the war right now? Is it Marvel or DC? Obviously, DC is trying to catch up 
very drastically. They are way behind on their movie universe compared to the Phase 2 and now the Phase 3 of Marvel. Um, so who do you who do you think is uh, going to win this battle out in 2020? DC has always been trying to do what Marvel's done. They've always been a little bit behind. Uh, well, they wasted all their time with the Nolan thing. Not a waste of time, but they wasted time. I, you know, and just even in the form of, like, the way that their comics are written and just events and things like that, they're always kind of behind Marvel. And I think DC's playing catch-up pretty, pretty damn hard right now. And yeah. I don't really have a whole lot of faith. I don't really care to see a Justice League movie, honestly. It doesn't uh, doesn't interest it. me that much. I'm all over it. It's I don't know. It's, uh. it's not as cool. <laughs> it's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> ben is rolling on the floor uh. right now. The men in the uh, with the needles and straitjackets are coming in to pull Ben out in a minute. Guys, I will not be here for another week. I'll be uh, doped up on something that they've given me. Yeah, not a bad way me, to go though. Giving me. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, you know, I I really want DC to do well. I would think that they have the potential to really knock Marvel off of their own uh, t- uh, pedestal. Um, it depends on how they do it. I'm really excited to see an Aquaman movie with uh, someone who's really kind of brutish. Um, the guy from uh, Jason Jason Momoa from Kyle's uh, Rogo, man. Yeah, man, from Gold, Game of Thrones. He's going to be a great Aquaman. Um, I don't know about the Flash thing. I don't know about the Wonder Woman thing. I'm kind of have my criticism. They've her. been screwing up Wonder Woman for years. Yeah, man. Affleck is Batman. We'll have a whole other conversation with that. I promise yeah. you, I could talk for days. But I really think Ben Affleck is going to do a fantastic job as Batman. Yeah. Uh, I think the dynamic between him and Superman are going to go great. Um, so I think they can they can really beat it. But as of right now, Marvel is destroying everything. And if Age of Ultron does what it's supposed to do and is as good as it says it's going to be, I really think that DC is going to have a hard time keeping up. All right, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for our first one, eh? Absolutely. Not too bad. Thanks for sticking with us, I think we did a good job. We got our producer, Chet, in the house. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Chet. Whoop, whoop. whoop. Yep. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Raving Geeks, and we will be back every single week, recording on Sunday, publishing sometime during the week. And uh, Malachi's got to skedaddle out so we can watch The Walking Dead for our other podcast, The Walking Life. I would say it's equally as good. It's close. Yeah. I mean, we're better. It's just how it is. Okay, can I close this bad boy out? Absolutely. There's something I wanted to say since the inception of this podcast. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Adios.